welcome to all Governor the podcast as always i am abdullah and i am joined with introduce yourself hey everybody uh this is jolene anderson how's it going whom you may know from a lot of things but most likely if you're listening <laughs> to this show you probably know her as as ada wong in um the resident evil 2 remake and resident evil damnation yep and uh, most recently, well, two years ago, she was uh, Monica in Avengers. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was very cool. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, first question is the obvious one. And I'm sure you get asked this a lot. And I'm sorry, but we have to get through this. But um, <laughs> how did you get Afraid started? Of... <laughs> oh, I have it just in, in general and acting. And, yeah, and just in that, general. That the origin story, as we call it. The origin story. No, I, I don't mind. Um, in fact, I think I like it. I think it's a good one. So um, I moved, my family moved from the East Coast. I lived in like uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, um, that area for a long time. And uh, we moved to Colorado when I was like 12, when I was like in in, um, in middle school. And at that time, my, my older brother and sister had come to live with us from South Africa. And, and with them came like the punk rock and the really... Um, kind of death rock clothing and this whole like new fun world that I, I was uh, kind of shaped by. So by the time, and of course that was something that was still very cool on the East coast. Right. But when I moved to golden Colorado and everybody was a bit, uh, a bit country, like my little, you know, necklace made of broken glass and my black dress and my little thigh high stockings that were like black and white stripe, you know, they thought I was really weird. And I was like immediately an outcast and nobody liked me and everybody made fun of me. And, um, the student counselor thought it would be a great idea if they gave me like the lead in the school play, um, which was always, you know, there'd always be, especially in junior high, there'd always be that play about drugs or, or so like someone, someone would die in a, you know, drunk driving. So it was always like a lesson. Right. So in this one, it was about the big popular football player that like dies from a steroid overdose or something. So they're like, we know everyone that'll probably will like Jolene if we make her the lead actress and she'll play the really cool girlfriend of like the really cool main guy um this would like somehow endear me to people um it did the exact opposite everyone is like why is that girl doing that um it didn't work at all but i fell in love with the theater and i never looked back that was sixth grade and here we are oh um you know i could tell you how old i am now (laughs) so you were just like thrust into it is what i'm is what i'm getting here right yeah, I just fell in love. I was like, this is great. I want to keep doing this. And then the next year I went to high school and then that all started. And then, you know, I just joined the theater and um, it just became everything, everything to me. And it, and it kind of always has been. Um, and then I always kind of, you know, I was on a different track. I was, I was going to do something. I was going to be an engineer. I, was, I, I come from a long line of scientists. So I was sort of on the engineering track, but I was still completely married to the theater. I was like, student director, president of the drama club in every play. We had a three hour class that you could take instead of English. It was children's theater and we would create our own plays and drive around to schools. And like, you know, so it was really my main, my main gig. Um, And then when I got older, I was like, you know what? I think I would just, I just prefer to be in the theater on, you know, on the set more than I like to be in the chem lab or more than I like to do other things. So I kind of had to make a choice and um, I think I made the right one, made the right one. I ended up in California, came out to LA and the rest is kind of history. And how did like, how, what was the transition like from going from doing like, um, 
live action to voiceover slash performance capture? Well, I don't think that they're all that different. I think, you know, um, I always done a little bit of everything, right? So, which is a really great way to make a living as a performer. So I could do uh, modeling, right? I could do like all kinds of different print and then I could do all kinds of different acting. You know, you can do commercials, you can do TV and film, you can do voiceover, you can do the mocap, you can, you know, if, if you can kind of keep a lot of different things going, um, it, it, it just helps, you know, so you can make a living. So, um, you know, I constantly look at breakdowns and what's out there and, when the mocap stuff came down, it just sounded fun. It just sounded like something new. I'd never, I didn't really know anything about it. I think I had a friend that had done some mocap and I was like, what is that? And then I saw it come down the pike one day and it was actually the resident evil damnation. Um, and I told my friend, I was like, is this what you're talking about? Is this this motion capture thing? And uh, that was the my first audition doing that. That was so much fun. Um, and then I kind of just got into it. And, you know, I did not just to be clear. I did not do the voice for Ada in that movie. Um, I just did the mocap. Um, so I just want to make sure that, you know, you credit the right person for the voice in that. I'm not sure who it was, but it wasn't me. Um, and so that was just opened up this whole new world. And then it's interesting, right? Because if you don't have any experience and you can't get the job, but then once you get the job, now I had kind of this high profile experience and then it just made it easier when I saw other things come down the pike. Um, then, you know, Tomb Raider came down and I, and I never know what it is too, just so you know, it's just a, it's just a project. They sort of outline a character and then they tell you it's going to be motion capture. And then I could just start like sort of dropping these names and they just gave me street cred and then I'd be able to go in and, and audition for them. And then, um, you know, they just kept going. They just, you know, once you're in, you're in. So, um, so that's how it happened. It just was another audition. It was just another project that I pitched myself for. And just another thing that I, um, that I just ended up booking and then it just sort of took off. So yeah, sometimes you just got to like put yourself out there. Um, and now I have this awesome, fun voiceover video game career that I, I had never actually even anticipated. Um, and I love it. And um, do you watch any of your stuff or are you just, you know, you can't stand listening to yourself talk? talk? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, do you mean in the video games specifically? I mean, video games, obviously, because it's not, yeah. you know, it's just your voice. It's not, you know. You. You, I, I do because I think it's super fun because um, it's usually the mocap too. Like some of them are both, right? So for Ada, for RE2, that's, that was mocap and voice. And um, Tomb Raider was that way. Um, the the Avengers, the Marvel was that way. Like, so w when I get to do the full performance, I do like to see it because it's fascinating to me. Like it is so cool because I don't play video games. So the whole world and how how realistic it is and the narratives and how involved emotionally everything is. Um, I can usually find a fan that has made a clip of my character. Like there's someone made a really great one for, for Ada for RE2 and it's about 30 minutes, basically all her scenes. Um, and I do watch them because I, I just think it's so cool that you can, you know, you bring something to life like that. I, I think it's a lot of fun. So I do like those. I like to watch them and listen to them. Um, and I like to do it with other people because it's always really odd. They look at it and they see this like cartoon character, but they're like, but she talks just like you and she kind of moves like you. And I was like, I know, isn't that cool? Um, so I do watch those sometimes um, if I, if I can, if someone can clip it all together, uh, because I, I can't play, but I don't, the games take forever, right? I couldn't just like, I don't even know how they work sometimes. I'm like, where's my character? Where does she pop up? What's happening? Um, but if someone can put it all together, I definitely watch them because I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. And I like to see the animation and I like to see uh, the realism of the game too. And the other characters and how it all comes together. I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. 
And out of all the characters you've done, which one was your toughest? Toughest? Hmm. The only time I found like video game or voice or not the video game, but I, I voiced um, a monster like Decius and wrath for uh, um, the transformers for the show, for the animated show. And she's like a monster. Um, and I, I found that really challenging. Thankfully, Philip Bach was my director and he gave me that job um, and said, don't worry, Jolene, you can do this. And I was like, huh? Um, and we did. And it was awesome. And I'd never really kind of done crazy voices like that. You know, most of my roles are pretty um, grounded. They're just uh they might as well just be regular moving picture. You know, it's just me playing a, a character. Um, that was really, really challenging, but that was, that was really fun. I don't, um, I didn't find any of the other ones really challenging. I mean, they, they all have their challenges, right? That's why they're, that's why they're a good time. Um, but they weren't like, you know, I've always been supported and been able to uh, rely on, you know, the creative people around me to kind of get her done. Um, but that voice was really hard to do. And I don't know how people do that. I, I like, my voice was really hot, like, ho like horse for like two days afterwards. I had a really sore throat. I was like, how do, how do these amazing people play these crazy monsters all the time? Um, I wouldn't mind doing more of that actually. It's cool. Yeah. Creature voices are fun, but they take a lot yeah. out of you. So. Yeah. so I think I was only in the booth for like an hour and I was just wrecked. I was exhausted. Um, I had no voice. <laughs> Um, but it was fun. It's cool. Cause it really takes you out of yourself. I think I don't have a, um, you know, yeah, to, to, to just sort of go further on that, you know, one of the things I found um, somewhat difficult is when I did Karen in uh, life is strange. Uh, she was not a wild character. She was not like a larger than life character. She was just a regular woman, you know, kind of living her life. She had uh, she just, I found that harder to approach because I didn't know how to kind of make her interesting. I didn't know entirely what to do. But again, Philip Bach was my director um, and he held my hand through that whole thing. And that was such a cool experience to just play such a grounded, uh, regular character for something that was animated. Um, and I kind of didn't know how to approach it because, you know, a lot of the characters are just kind of big and flamboyant. And sometimes that's a lot easier to step outside of yourself and play those characters. But she was very grounded. Um, and she was very real. And um, I actually found that at first very intimidating, but, um, but we got through it and it was also, it, yeah, it was awesome. It ended up be doing really well. And the game did really well. And I actually got nominated for a BAFTA for that role. So, you know, it was kind of worth all the sweat. Um, that was, that was pretty cool. It was challenging and, and we overcame it. So it was good. Uh, which one was, which one was Karen again? She's the mother. She's the mom of the two boys. And she kind of, uh, I think it was, what season was it, two? Um, and she comes out um, She comes out to sort of save the day in that whole, I don't want to, I probably shouldn't say too much if someone hasn't played the oh, game. Oh, man. Oh, uh, number two. Oh, man, that was a yeah. heavy game. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, yeah. if it, it she was, was the mom that, like, abandoned the boys way back in the day and went and, like, joined some hippie cult and then came back after their father died and... Um, you know, came to help him out. And she was very unapologetic. She, she was a really interesting character. Yeah, I think that's what was hard to wrap my head around. It was, you know, because you, you can't, um, you really had to dig deep into, you know, because you, you can't villainize your characters, right? I can't be like, oh, she's selfish. She's like, you know, she was very unapologetic about the way she decided to live her life and came back 
you know, to be with the boys. She wasn't sappy. She wasn't, you know, so, um, it, it was, it was a really interesting female role to play. Uh, and I just commend the writers and the, and the directors of that one too, for, for, um, you know, writing and creating such a complex female character in this day and age. So she was challenging. She was fun. And I thought that was, um, I watched a lot of that too. I never, I didn't realize there were games like that. There were actually like these narratives that were sort of like choose your own adventure. It's just so incredible. It's so cool. I, I love being a part of this world. I, I didn't know it was out there, quite frankly. Now that, that I would imagine that would be a hard role because for those that are unfamiliar with how performance capture works, it's it's basically acting. You're doing the scenes, but you're dressed in these like mocap suits, and you look ridiculous. Mm. And you have to play along. You have to pretend like you 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 are that person. You're in like the woods or whatever, but you're on a soundstage. Yeah, you do get used to that, and I have to say, I love that about the mocap. Um, it's like when you were six years old and you'd run around the backyard and you were like, the castle's over there and the princess is over there in the cave and down here where the river is, is full of snakes and dragons. And like you have this an entire imagination in your head and it's all incredibly real, even though the backyard is empty. That's what it feels like when you're doing mocap. You just get to completely imagine the world and then just live in it. And I'm not sure that there's anything really better than that. And and is it, you know, you say like you watch your stuff. Um, how weird is it to watch how far we've come, technology wise? I lo- it's fascinating. It's my favorite part about be working in this industry. And every game, every time I work on something, it's even more incredible than the last one. And what's also fascinating is like we're we're shooting the game and we're working on it, and the technology is almost already obsolete. Like we're, they're already moving on to the next thing. It's funny because sometimes the games take a, you know, a few years, a couple of years sometimes to, 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 to complete, to even just to shoot them and work on them. And, and you can already see the technology like speeding ahead of us into the next one. Um, and, and then I, and then when I see each one subsequently, once one's done and another comes out, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I really am and truly fascinated by the whole thing. I, I really love these artists that were, that were like these, these, creators i I really um i don't think they get their due quite frankly i'm glad that they have awards now for video games um, because they really should i think people deserve credit for what they're creating um and the video game world is just taking over you know it's the biggest industry right now it's bigger than movies Mm. so there you go yeah yeah um and i think they've they've earned their place you know because they've the technology has improved so much i think they've earned their place at the top for sure no it's it's interesting because i remember listening to uh nolan north talk about his experience working on all the uncharted games and he Mm. said like in in the first game they had they actually brought in uh, a truck on the set for them to get in because they had to you know (laughs) get into a truck and by the time they got to number four there was no truck it was just hey here's a here's a fake steering wheel pretend you're driving (laughs) yeah you're like wait did we just go backwards (laughs) yeah no no it's it's really fascinating and like out of you know again i'm trying so hard not to get into spoiler territory but um like out of all the scenes you did for resident evil 2 which one was your favorite 
Um, I have to go back and look at that. My favorite, like, and um, and I just want to my backstory because since I had no idea, I didn't know. Like, since I'm not a gamer, I had no idea what the story was. In fact, it's I'm so I was so checked out of it because I, I entered it just as an actress, right? I was so checked out from the idea. I didn't realize that every that there were like there was a whole slew of games. There was a whole library of games and the story was already set in stone and these things happened and the whole world knew about them already. Everyone, but me. So when I would get the script every day, I was like, what happens? What? She falls down the, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're going to kiss. There's that part. I was like, Oh, she pulls a gun on him. You know, it's like, it was new for me every day when I would get the, get the script. But of course everyone else knew it was going on. I feel so stupid now. Um, But it was a fresh and beautiful and fun story for me. So, by the time we got to, um, and I, I feel like, I don't remember now, but I feel like we shot it in, in order. I, I don't remember. Cause I didn't get the whole script. I would just get pieces of it. Every time we'd go into shoot, like before my, my work days, I would kind of get the, what we were working on. Um, so it was all sort of pieced together in secret. Um, and then when we got to the part where it all starts, that little romantic thing between her and Leon, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that they had a thing. Um, and uh, when she falls and she's wounded um, and then all, there's all this vulnerability and then there's like, the, you have to like, we had to dig out this relationship between them. Um, that was really my favorite because I didn't, I loved that part of her and I loved that dynamic. Um, and our director, Tom, he was so amazing. We worked a whole day on that scene, just really breaking it down. Um, and the kissing and the the kissing scene and the, um, in the tram and everything, we really worked on that for a long time, trying to figure out like what is actually going on between these two people. Like, is she, you know, all the things that the fans ask, you know, like, does she have feelings for him? Is he in love with her? Like, are they in love? Do they, blah, 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 blah. we really had to tear that apart. So creatively um, that was really fun because I hadn't really explored a vulnerable side of her um, before. And there were so many questions to ask. Um, so just kind of creatively and in the workspace, I, I enjoyed that the most. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation now because Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, we shot that whole sequence, the whole thing up until the end when they say goodbye to each other. And I loved that when he like when she falls down the thing. I didn't know. I was like, does she die? I had no idea what came next. So I was really affected by that. I was really sad. You know, I was really um, connected to, to Leon's character and Ada and Leon and their feelings for each other. Um, and that we shot that around the, like uh, Valentine's Day. And I was like, this is so fun. This is so fun to spend an entire week really dissecting a relationship during Valentine's Day. It felt like such a fun kind of uh, energetic gift. Right. I was like, how how this how uncanny, like how fun life imitates art. And then um, and then I think it came out around Valentine's Day, too, around the same time. And I just feel like it's this constant love letter that just keeps coming back and back and back and back. Um, but that was definitely my favorite part that whole thing when their relationship gets deep um and then the betrayal you know all of it i was so deeply deeply affected by it i loved it and was it just as much as everyone else is like i really feel like i don't know that the you guys understand how much like i don't know i can't speak for everyone else but me as an actress like i feel these things as deeply as you guys do (laughs) No, and I was about to ask, like, was it weird, like, when the game came out and you saw people's reactions, like, was it weird, like, was that the moment you realized, like, oh, shit, I'm a part of this major franchise? Yeah, 
Yeah. I was like, what, how come all these, wow. And also why this one it's so, cause I've done all these other really big games, right? I did Titanfall and people didn't, you know, freak out, did, you know, Tomb Raider. There weren't like thousands of people. I mean, I would get a lot of, um, uh, female fans that were just so grateful to see these like strong female characters. But then once I did resident evil, I was like, Whoa, like this is huge. And I'm just so grateful because I, because I wasn't a part of the world and I don't, there's a lot of things I didn't understand now in hindsight, how important these characters are to everyone, how important it was for that remake to be accepted and loved by the fans. Like if we had let everyone down, my heart would have been broken. I, I, it was, thank God it turned out the way it did. And I did not have an appreciation um, for the world at all. And, and, um, and that was very exciting. And I was also very grateful that, you know, that the game, the game was beloved and, and the fans did like it um, and that I didn't let them down, that I didn't destroy Ada for them. And that, you know, because I, I love her, I, I care a lot about her. And um, if I had not been able to uh, kind of deliver, um, I, I really would have been heartbroken. So um, yeah, it was a big surprise and also a really great gift. And then being able to kind of like then go out and meet all the fans, like, you know, pre-COVID at the conventions and stuff like it, it was, it became what, like sort of my favorite chapter in my career. I, I just didn't even know there was this chapter to be had. And I was like, what, what's life really throws great stuff at you sometimes. And I couldn't be happier to be here, honestly. Because you never know which project is going to be the, the uh, which, which project's going to be huge and which project's going to be whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And sometimes I don't even know what project I'm working on until I get to set. Like when I, I didn't know, I mean, I think I, I knew Resident Evil. I didn't know that much about it, but, um, you know, when I first did Damnation, I'd never heard of Resident Evil. I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah. And when I, I remember when I got to set one day and I was like, wait, wait, is this Tomb Raider? I was like, what? <laughs> Why doesn't anybody tell you these things before you get here? <laughs> Because um, yeah, worried. it took me a minute to realize that I was, I was like, is this Marvel? Is this the Avengers? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, yeah. Advanced idea mechanics. That's from, that's from Marvel. I know that. <laughs> but I like, I didn't know that because I don't know that much about that universe. Um, and again, I'm like a kid coming in and they're like, this is Monica. I'm like, who's Monica? Like, I don't, all I know is the character breakdown. All I know is, you know, we talked to the writer and the director, like Sean Eskich. He, he wrote, you know, he did a lot of the writing on, I think he did all of it. I, I, I don't want to not give him credit where it's due, but um, so he would just have to sit with me, you know, and tell me all about her. And I'd be like, well, what's that? And he's like, well, he's a monster, um, you know, and they sort of have to start from the bottom. And I was like, am I the only one here who has no idea what else is going on? And he would just have to walk me through it. And, um, which is fine. Cause if you're the actor, like really what I have to focus on is who is Monica and what is she doing? And what is her relationship to these people? Like to me, it, the gameplay isn't as important as that. That's up to them. Right. It's for, for us to be the character or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like then another one where I just like walked in blind and had no idea what was going on. And then when it was all done, I was like, wow, I'm part of this huge, super cool thing. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah. Sometimes the ignorance is, uh, it's, it's a little overwhelming, but no, that, that's, that's one of my, <laughs> my, one of my favorite stories is like listening to actors, like come onto these big franchises and they have no idea what they're signing up for. And I just love the idea that somewhere a writer had to sit down with them and explain to them the lore. 
I just, yeah. find, that, just find that so hilarious. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's great. And I actually like it because I didn't have any preconceived ideas about any of these characters, um, which might be why they gave them to me. You know what I mean? Maybe there was something about my performance in it when I read for them um, that they felt that that would lend itself to the project, right? That I didn't come in with any preconceived notions of motivation or um i didn't know what happened at the end of the story even with that one too i didn't get the full script i just every day that i would be booked to work they would send me those pages um and sometimes they'd be out of order right so they'll be like well next month we're going to shoot this you know previous scene and what happens there is this and then and i'm like oh fascinating and everyone else is like yeah duh duh that's what happens um but um, I think I think it lends itself to the performance because I, I I really went in there as as Monica as a real person, not uh, not a game character. You know what I mean? No, I um, I, I, think, um, I think. you know for a character that you know rarely gets any representation outside of like maybe a couple cartoon appearances and like comic appearances, I thought you did a great job as Monica because you know she's a character you. that you know didn't have much going into her. So it's like, it wasn't like, you know, she wasn't like a pre-existing character where you had like a, a, um, a previous example of like what to, what to do and what not to do. It's, mm. it was just like this yeah. fresh canvas and you could do whatever mm-hmm. you wanted. And I think that's yeah. great. And for Sean too, um, I remember he told me, he's like, look, she's not in this world very much. And we want in this game to bring her out as a lead villain. Um, so that was a lot of responsibility and really exciting to me um, that she wasn't someone that a bunch of other people had, you know, had taken on before. Um, and that, she, you know, I, I'm really lucky. I've, I've been able to really jump on the train of of people really bringing out all these really incredible, strong female characters. I kind of got into that niche kind of early. And so I, I sort of got my place there. Um, and she was one of those things. I think Sean was like, we want to bring out this um, another strong female character um, and she's going to be kind of like a supervillain. And I was like, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, and it was, uh, it was great. And so I, he gave me a lot um, to work with for, with, for her. Uh, and she was so much fun. I, I loved that, that role, the brilliant evil scientist. Um, yeah, she was great. I, I, I wonder if they'll let me play her again. That would be great. <laughs> um okay controversial question um do you think she actually had feelings for bruce or was it just nothing gosh we talked about that so much and those are questions that i don't think should be answered i think i think the fact that fans languish over it um i think that's really important um, I don't think there is a is a straight answer that I can that I should give for that. Um, and those are questions that I can tell you as an actor, I continue to explore. And we spent a lot of time exploring it. Uh, I talked to Sean for hours about that stuff. Um, and there's just not really a straight answer as in life and and love. There's just not really a straight answer. Um, I kind of like to keep those uh, the secrets almost just. I'm not, what am I trying to say? It's the same thing sort of when people talk about Ada and Leon, you know, it's like, well, what do you think? What do you think? It kind of keeps the relationship alive when everybody just wants to know, you know, um, it's complicated. It's complicated. And I, and I like the questions being out there and unanswered um, or answered by the fans. You know, you think about it. What do you, what do you think, Abdullah? Um, I don't know. I, I honestly think, 
Bruce had feelings for her and that's why like he was in seclusion for so long. Like that's why he went mm-hmm. on his whole depressed bender <laughs> when when we you know and when when AIM took over and why that's why he didn't do anything because I think he mm-hmm. because I think he felt that you know maybe deep down she was you know AIM was better off like maybe the the Avenger the you know the world was better off without the Avengers but obviously that wasn't true mm-hmm. because you know George turned out to be you know Modoc and you know he, he got yeah. he went crazy so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, um, it's interesting. And, and and same thing with her relationship with George is like, you know, did she really care for him? Like, did she, you know, join AIM because she thought that, you know, she agreed with his vision or did she join in because she knew that she was slowly going to take over at some point? Well, I love what you, I love to hear this because I feel like the fact that no, that you don't know, that you're not sure, I think means that Sean and I did our jobs correctly, that we didn't give away anything. And we, we walked that fine line um, between does she or doesn't she. Um, so I, that's great. <laughs> and then you have future. I love Monica. that you're not like, no, she hated, she didn't come. I'm like, oh, well, that would have been a pretty, yeah. So uh, yeah, there we go. And then, and then you have future Monica, who's even more complex than normal Monica. <laughs> I love that she's so complex. She's so much fun to play. So, so much fun. Love to revisit that. But her boss fight was really annoying and I hated her boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> so many Look, clones. I don't write... <laughs> Look, I don't I don't write these things. I just You can't blame me for whether or not you like the outcome. You can't... <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's it's I'm just glad that they left her story open ended like you know they're mm. you know they do wrap it up by the time you know the Hawkeye DLC came out and they pretty much wrapped it up and you know yeah. the whole future thing but they left it yeah. open ended where it's like you know there is a chance while future Monica might have stopped and they might have prevented the bad future you know present Monica is still around and you need to stop her and I'm like okay mm-hmm. that's that's interesting yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into what, how the fans thought, but I know there was a little bit of controversy about how people felt about the endings and things like that. And I find that so fascinating that people are so engaged that it matters so much. Um, I think that's super cool. Whether, whether you loved or hated the direction, I, I love that. Um, the investment, the emotional investment in the, in the story and the characters. Um, I feel like when people are that passionate about it, then everyone's done their job regardless. <laughs> now, I've said this before, but like people complain about media and it's like, oh, it made me feel this certain way. I'm like, well, good, because <laughs> that's what yeah, media that should was, do. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. if you're like boring, don't care, then uh, we, we get an F. But um, A plus if you're angry. <laughs> I mean, you got a reaction at the end of the day, like that's what yeah. we should be having these conversations. You know, media should be, you know, it should be stuff that makes, you know, I've always said like um, a great piece of media is something you think about for years to come while a bad piece of media is something that you just consume and then forget about uh, five minutes later. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but um, no, I I just I just think that, um, you know, and now we're just getting into what ifs. But I mean, like, honestly, like I would 
personally love to see you reprise the role of Monica in in some mm-hmm. in 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 another universe, maybe. You know, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too, it. me too. <laughs> you did you did a great job, and like a recurring theme of this podcast now is like, hey, this person was really good as the at, as this character. Are they going to bring them back? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we all wonder the same. We're like, am I coming back? Are we gonna? What's the okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, you know what? You just move on with your life, and and you <laughs> and you don't try not to think about it uh, too much. I mean, that's the, you know, well. I'm always, I'm always grateful for the, you know, for, for it in the first place, but then, yeah, you're always like, wait, do I, do I have to let her go now? Can I, can I keep her? Are they going to bring me back? But can't, you can't spend too much time thinking about that stuff. Um, yeah, that's, it's out of your control. It's completely out of your control. Yeah. That's why I think it's important not to get attached to your characters because then it becomes harder to let them go. Oh, uh, well, no, I, ha- I have to become attached to my characters and I do become attached to them and I love them very much. But I think because I've been doing this long enough, you you do have to then let it go, um, you know, and, and everything that comes with it. Right. Because also if there's someone else, you're like, wait, why did how come I'm not on that journey? Like, how come they didn't invite me? You know, <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but that's just not the way it works. You have to you know, this is it's a bit of um, it's a bit of like the way the business is. You know, you have to, you know, commit 1000 percent, whether it's an audition or just a pitch or whatever, commit a thousand percent. You fall in love with the entire thing. And then when it's over, you give it a big kiss and you walk away and then you don't know if it's coming back or not. Um, and there's no love lost there. Um, and I don't completely detach. I still love all the characters that I've played. And, um, you know, you just you just move on. There's other stuff. You know, there's other projects. There's something new around the corner always. So um, it's, it's just a little bit part of what we do. You know, you can't you can't get too hung up on that stuff or uh, you can lose your mind. <laughs> It'd be a dark, dark place. If, if you can't roll with those punches, you should really find something else to do for a living because uh, it wouldn't be healthy. I mean, that's the actor's life is that, you know, you get more rejections mm-hmm. than you do yeses. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, could you imagine if people hated me playing Ada? Like how that would have been? I would have had to suck that up too, you know, and also move on with your life. Yeah. But um, thank God that didn't happen. And um, I can't imagine that. I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I don't listen to too much of the chatter and I definitely don't listen to the negative chatter uh, regarding the games, but. Um, I think they do. They usually do a pretty good job of casting and and, and creating a world that that people enjoy. But um, again, out of my hands. Out of my hands. I can only show up and be an actor. That's that's what I do, <laughs> to the to the best of my ability. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean, I've said this before, but I don't understand why people get upset at actors for decisions that are out of their control. Like, shouldn't you guys be upset at? You know, the writers and the directors, because they're they're the ones that, you know, make these decisions. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Or better yet, don't be upset at people because negativity is just, you know, toxic and we just kind of don't, you know... There's just too much of that yeah. these days. Yeah, just don't even. Yeah, I just steer real clear of that stuff. I think once, I think when the um, Avengers game started, kind of when they started showing the trailers and stuff, every once in a while, I, I would look at it and I'd be like, oh, what's everybody saying? And I was like, oh my God, like the trolling. I was like, who is at home this angry? I don't, I don't understand. Like, why are you saying these horrible things about people? I, I was like, okay, that's the end of that. I read like three or four of them and I was like, no, thanks. I'm not going to live in that world. Um, 
I don't really understand that in any capacity, how people do that, um, feel so passionately about something that they have to say horrible, violent, cruel, and ugly things um, about a game, about a video game, or why you just can't keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but I, I just have no part in it. I just, I won't even read them. I won't, I won't read any sort of negative criticism because it's just weird. It's like, you know, you can't really take it personally because it's just so psychotic, I think. I was like, that person is unstable. Why would they say something like that to me or about me or about a video game? I don't know. God, uh, people, yeah, uh, people these days are just, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Walk, walk away. <laughs> Best advice, don't read the comments. Just don't. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Like, cause, cause it's, it's always funny when someone asks me like, well, I don't read the comments, but you, you're a fan of this thing. What did people think of it? And I'm like, eh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but then you could get like a soft blow, right? You'd be like, what did they think? Instead of being like, you're a loser, you should kill yourself. Fuck you. You're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what did people think? Um, yeah, I will read the positive comments. I'm really down for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, personally, like it's, it's whatever, like, you know, you can like an actor's performance and you can dislike an, an actor's performance, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, your version of Ada isn't going to erase the original, like the original is still there. You know, you can play the original game. It's been re-released, you know, so you can go back to that if you, you know, you don't have to play the remake if you don't want to, you know? Yeah. And luckily, I don't know if I've just, you know, built some sort of invisible Wonder Woman shield around myself, but I've only read good comments. Uh, maybe I'm not on a platform where people go too deep about stuff, because like I said, I don't really engage myself in that at all. Um, I've only heard good things. So I'm I'm just keeping it there. And if I even got a whiff of something negative, I would not look, I would just not. Because um, at this point, it's like past criticism. It's certainly not going to change my performance. It's in the can. It's done and dusted. Um I don't think it's going to be uh, constructive criticism. So, um, yeah, just stick with the, I, I like the complimentary um, fans the most. <laughs> no, I, They're my favorite. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not saying like you should be positive about everything. I'm just saying like, you know, there is place for criticism, but being overtly negative and overtly positive about stuff isn't going to help creativity. It's just going to hinder it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there must be places where people talk about games like, you know, in a rational, uh, critical manner, right, where you can really talk about what was good, what was bad, where it could go, like, blah, blah, blah. like those conversations, um, I think are helpful. And that 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 really helps spurns the creativity and moves the the um, the whole story forward. And, and that's what creates really good games and, and, and great projects. I, I can agree with that. I think those kind of extreme um, reactions to things aren't, aren't so helpful. Um, and even, you know, what's great is I've sat around listening to rewrites during the games and stuff. Sometimes we're still writing them as we're performing them. Um, and those discussions are amazing. And a lot of times they take everyone's opinion into account. Cause a lot of times, you know, even the actors, everyone who's working on the games, they are really invested in the game itself and the story. They are sort of like mega fans that happens a lot. Um, and everyone's really honest. And I've sat in on some of those discussions and they're fascinating. They're fascinating. Um, and there are like people do say negative things and, you know, are like, well, I think this is a mistake and I think that needs to go in this direction. And, and they're not even like 
you know, a part of the production team. Um, and they'll sit there and they'll listen to that stuff. And I, I, um, I, I find that very exhilarating. I'm, I'm very sort of titillated by those kind of conversations. And then, yes, it does move the project in a positive and better direction after you have um, honest conversations like that. Those are, those are cool. I think it's the internet trolls. I could just, I could just turn them off. <laughs> Unhelpful. And, um, you know, out of all the people you've worked with, which one, like, who was the most fun to work with? Oh, I couldn't possibly, um, I I couldn't choose. It's, It's almost like saying what was like your favorite role. Like, I just can't choose at this point. Um, it's usually pretty fun and engaging almost always, pretty much almost always. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say, I honestly, um, I don't have a favorite child. You know what I mean? Um, everybody's different. Everybody's exciting. Everyone's great. All I can, I mean, I've been really lucky to have basically only positive experiences in my career so far. Um, it's always just been a really welcoming, fun, uh, inspirational environment. It's usually been very collaborative, uh, supportive, um, creating something in the moment, really just like writing those pages then and then creating them and then them going out into the world is so exciting uh, to be there, you know, making, doing these things like they're, they're coming to life. You're like birthing these incredible projects that are, they're going out for consumption. Um, It's all super magical. And I've always had a great team and I've always loved and adored everyone that I worked with. So um, yeah, it's, it's impossible to answer that question. So it's, it's the old, I love all my children equally answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really, maybe not equally in different ways. Right. Um, but you know, I can't, I don't know if there was a project that might've been like boring. I don't know, but that's never really the case when you jump on board, something like this, even if it's a regular film or a TV, you know, it's, it's always super exciting. Um, just by the nature of the business, you know, just by the fact that we're creating stories together. You know, it's, it doesn't get better than that. I mean, I, I mean, looking at your body of the work, uh, body of work, I can't imagine like any set or anything that you've done would have been boring. I would, I like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't see that. I honestly can't see that. I get really fun roles, right? I get a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, like one minute no. you're playing Ada Wong and the next you're playing like a mother of, you know, two troubled boys. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. I feel like the luckiest person on earth for like the roles people give me. I really I love and, my job. And um, out of all the franchises that exist, um, are, are there any franchises that you would like to be a part of? Um, like that never even occurred to me. And look at all those great ones that I've been a part of already. Like, uh, like how do you top? Like how do you top Resident Evil? Now I had no idea. Like I said before, what I was getting into. How do how do I even top that? I'm not really sure. Um, how do I top Marvel? I mean, I like not. I was on Agents of Shield too. I did one of their TV episodes. I played Monica in this whole thing. I, mean, I don't know how. How do you top that? How do you like? How do you top Tomb Raider? How do you top Titanfall? How do you top? You know, I had no idea that Life is Strange was such a huge, um, huge thing too. I, I like. I don't. I, I, again, I've just been the luckiest person on earth and I'm not sure how I top those things. Like what other franchise is, is there one I should be looking at Abdullah? Is there, <laughs> what I mean, else you, is out there? No, I mean, you were another t- franchise Batman. I mean, like is what is, is 
What are the super other superhero ones? Are they all under the same umbrella? I'm not even sure. <laughs> oh God, you're you're one of those people. Is like, yeah. Batman's Marvel, right? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't a clue. Um, yeah, I just I just hope that whatever magic um, is steering me in all these like different directions that it just uh, stays with me. That's 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 really all I ask. I, I mean, you're on Titanfall. I'm pretty sure like you can just like. Uh, try to get talk to to respawn and be like hey you know you guys uh, do do apex legends right can i be one of the characters in that because it's in the oh, same universe you know what? i um i'm i started mocapping a new apex legend um character right when covid hit and then that was the end of that because that was a canadian company but they had come down to la to start that project um and then, yeah, and I'd never heard of that either. I was like, what's Apex Legends? Um, it's so funny because I like my uh, all of my friends are like a lot of them are gamers and comic book people. And it's just hilarious because it's like I'm some sort of five year old. I'm like, what's Apex Legends? And then I look into it. I'm like, oh, shit, that's huge. Um, and, but that was a that was a COVID casualty, unfortunately. Um but that would have been fun. I, and I, again, one of those things, you just didn't know what you're getting into. Somebody that I had just worked with before was like, Hey, are you free? And I was like, yeah. And um, then I got there. I was like, what's this called? What's that? You know? And we were creating new characters, which was really amazing, uh, which I can't talk about, but um, yeah, that would have been my next franchise. And I would have been like, what is it? And it would have been huge and I would have been delighted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Because I mean, too, too much. Put the kibosh on quite a few things, but let's, you know, but we let's not cry over spilt milk. Um, <laughs> moving, moving right ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, I, I was so close, but then COVID is like, nope, nope. Yeah. yeah. No, there are a lot of things. I was, I, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of things. I'd never been um, nominated for such a big award, like, especially for video games. And I was going to go to the BAFTAs in London, you know? I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm nominated. I'm one of the people. Like I get to go walk the red carpet proudly. I get to go to the award show with my community where we all get to like hug each other and shake each other's hands. And, and, you know, uh, and then COVID. And then with the Marvel game, I wanted to go to um, uh, the Comic-Con in New York. Right. I was like, New York Comic-Con. I was like, hell yeah. We're good. No, 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 not going. It was just like, like every, all the doors just started shutting. It was terrible. Um, but, you know, moving right along. <laughs> I feel like it was two years ago. I just remember that time when everything just sort of started stopping because they keep trying to go. They're like, oh, just come in one more day. And then they were like, yeah, sorry, no project's over. It's done. We're, it's, we're shut down. And um, yeah, and that was just a good five months, six months of that happening. And then, um, yeah. And then I guess we just adjusted to the new COVID world, right? that was that and what what have you been doing in the past two years to stay to stay sane um i've had a great covid i mean i don't know you know i am well first of all i'm just a very like optimistic person i mean i, I you know i'm I, you, you gotta you gotta make the best of things right so i live in california i live in southern california it was springtime in la 
I have this beautiful apartment with open windows, open doors. I have, I have a roommate who works for a comic book company. She works for DC comics. Um, we have our two cats. I have a swimming pool and the barbecue and neighbors. I mean, I pretty much just went like pool hopping for COVID. And then if, um, and, and I am a, I'm a tree hugger kind of. So I was like, Oh, cool. I can go out hiking or camping for a week because I don't have to go to work. Um, yeah, it was just barbecues, pool days, beach days, um, going out to remote hot springs, camping, fishing, climbing mountains. Um, just, yeah, it was just like a giant vacation. I thought it was great. I got a ton of unemployment and I was still working for a long, for a while we were still finishing up the Marvel game. So I was just taping that from home. Someone would come and bring an entire studio and they'd, I'd have to set it up. Um, in my house, in my in my bedroom, and we'd have to do things that way for a while. I was doing ADR still for a movie that we had just wrapped. And so I was, you know, in my bed doing ADR on my phone uh, for like fight scenes and stuff. And um, yeah, I still had some things to work on. And then I actually, I was on this, uh, it was sort of like a TV show. It was, it was a uh, kind of a, it was going to be an app, but a TV show. It was sort of like a web series. I, I, I wasn't sure what the kids are doing, but it was a really cool project. And they just injected a million bucks into it and then became COVID compliant, like during COVID, during all of June and July, I, I taped that show. Um, they stayed in production for three, four months during COVID. Um and so I, I kept kind of busy. And then when there was nothing else for me to do, like there's really nothing to do. I mean, I don't know. Some people started companies and took over the world. And I don't know. Some people made babies, some people, all kinds of things. I didn't. I um, I just chilled out and had a great COVID and spent a lot of time with friends, made a lot of new friends, oddly enough, people I would not normally have hung out with. There was a lot of those like house party apps, right? I probably drank too much. Um, but you know, every day out by the pool, it was like wine o'clock and everyone would cook food. And instead of us all like, you know, we just all bring our own food for a while, but, um, yeah, we would just make giant barbecues and everybody would cook and eat and drink and hang out by the pool. You know, it was pretty great. Unemployment was rad. Um, you know, the only tough thing, my, I, I lost my dad during that time. Um, but like so many other people, my, my folks live in Australia, um, and he got suddenly, out of the blue, very shockingly got sick and, and died within two, three weeks. Um, and that was really tough because uh, none of our family could be together. Um, my mom and dad were home alone, which was actually turned out to be a blessing for them um, to be together during those last, you know, those last moments. Um, that was the only obstacle. That was the only tough thing about Australia is, you know, about COVID um, is that we had to go through that like as a family on WhatsApp um, but thank God for technology. And, you know, lots of people, lots of people went through that during COVID. So, you know, so that was a challenge. And it's I'm going home hopefully this month for the first time since COVID started. Um, that was really the only challenge. That was the hardest thing to get through. But um, we did. We all we all got through it. And, you know, we all came out the other side. So that's more than I can say for a lot of people. You know, we we're very lucky. I think you're the only person I've had on this podcast who was like, I had a great COVID. <laughs> I like thrive. Like that pandemic was made for someone like me. Honestly, I was like, this is great. What's everybody fucking complaining about? Can I say fucking on your show? When you already said fuck. So, I mean, like. <laughs> you have to beat me out. Uh, uh, no, nah, it's uh, fine. Beat, you beat. can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. 
okay. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be careful. Um, yeah, no, I, I thrived honestly during COVID. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I didn't get fat. You know, everyone's like just stayed inside and got sick and fat, you know, like pale. And I was like, well, I was just outside. Like how great we just have to be outside. That sounds great. I'm really into that. You know, um, social distance, fabulous. <laughs> I want to go someplace where there's no people and just like herds of deer. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. So how was Yorks? Were you, were you all right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I've said this previously, Same. But, you know, I, I, it was, <laughs> Oh God. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't even know anymore. Like, honestly, like, um, you know, 2020 was like, obviously one of the worst years of my life. And, um, well, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to get into too much detail because I'm going through like some stuff right now because of, you know, COVID and, um, mm. and, um, you know, I'm trying to, to, you know, focus on stuff that, you know, trying, trying my best not to think about it, but, uh, you know, I, I, I am thankful for every single person that, um, said yes to coming on to this podcast and helping me get through this because man, <laughs> you guys, you guys kept me sane oh. through all this. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. It was such a hard time for you, though. You're are you you're coming coming back? Come back around? Are things getting better? I mean, right now it's it's kind of you know you know again I don't want to get into too much detail, but like right now it's kind of crazy, and I'm just you know I'm I'm trying my best to to push through it because that's all okay. any of us can do, really. Yeah. Well, and it's great that you um, put all that into doing something creative and fulfilling. I think it's a really healthy and smart choice, a good good way to deal with bad things, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I mentioned this before, but, you know, I suffer from depression and I've had, you know, uh, May of 2020 was the worst year of uh, was the worst uh, month of my life because that was when the when when the country completely shut down and. Yeah. You could not go out and we were under like total lockdown for a month. You're only allowed to leave the house if it was an emergency. There was a curfew and you know when yeah. you know when you're stuck at home and you're you literally cannot leave the house unless unless it's unless it's an emergency it yeah. eats at you. It eats at you and that was when I was completely broken and you know, if you go back and listen to some of the, you know, episodes from that, from w during the pandemic, I was, I was scared. I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about, what was, what I was, what I was doing. And, and I regret recording some episodes because I'm like, man, you know, I was just not in the right state of mind, but it's like, I just needed escapism. And you could tell, you could tell that. Well, how'd, how'd you get through it? Because that was a long period of time. I mean, you, that could have gone south pretty easy. How did you? I mean, how'd you luckily, get I mean, I had a therapist, and she was she was great. Good. I mean, we had to do we had to do like uh, Zoom therapy, which you know sucked, but it's like, hey, you know, I had someone you know there for me, yeah. and um, you know, like I said, I I love doing the show, and and one of the things I I you know one of the things I strive to do is that you know it's like hey i've come to the i've come this far you've done you've gotten so many people so many great people on the show it, it, keep going like just keep going yeah. and yeah throw as many like 
cold cold call as many people as you can email as many people as you can because you never know who's gonna show up and i'm just like i look back at some of the episodes i've done and i'm like holy shit Like, is this real? These were the survival episodes. I should just have, just put it in fine print, a little uh, COVID star. Survival episode. Bear with me. And I'm sure you weren't alone. I'm sure, you know, you weren't alone. Um, I think a lot of people can appreciate what you're saying. No, um, I mean, and I've always been like, and and look, I'm sorry if this is getting heavy, but like, I, I mean, if you're, you know, new listener, hello, this is, this is the show. This is, this is, it's not, it's not, because again, I don't like the typical interview format where it's like a question answer question answer i'm someone who likes to have a conversation with a guest so hello <laughs> hello if you're a first time listener so uh yeah um but um no i i and one of the things i'm grateful for is that i've made some wonderful friends in the vo industry and people who have never met never met in real life but you know thanks to technology you know they're like some of some of my best friends and like if i if ever they you know if ever I needed to vent to someone about anything I was going through. It's like, you know, vent away, dude. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. And I'm like, man, you, you have no idea how much that means to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's good. I mean, I hope that you are proud of yourself for how, for making it through such a horrific time, given all of those, um, the battles that you had to fight, you know, like I'm very lucky where I, you know, I, I could leave my house as much as I wanted. Um, I don't know what it would have been like if I had felt that I was like trapped in four walls. I, I don't, I would lose my mind. Um, so you had a lot of challenges and obstacles and you found a way to, to get through them. And I hope that you're proud of yourself. No, and you kind of maybe know that if you've came through this, you can pretty much come through anything. Yeah. That's, that's why like, it doesn't, like it doesn't bother me anymore that whenever someone says no, I'm like, okay, one door closes, another one opens, and oh, absolutely, yeah, mm. I'm like, I like before rejections would hurt, but now it's like, oh, whatever, you know, and now, now I know who's like who's honest and who's like who isn't honest, who's like full of shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got better at telling like who's full of shit and who's who's actually. Uh, what do you mean? Person. Like people were like, I'll totally come on your show, and then like block you from their email or. <laughs> Oh, no, I've had someone who said, like, I reached out to him in April, and I've told the story before, so I don't really give a shit if, you know, he's listening to this, but um, I, I I reached out to him, and he's like, man, I'm going through a lot right now, and then I go, I'm like, okay, I understand that, he's like, he, he's like, oh, I'm going through a lot right now, I can't, like, do anything, and blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, it sounds like you're going through a lot of shit, and I, I totally understand that. And then I look at his Twitter and he's promoting like his Twitch stream and like a live tweeting event. I'm like, fuck you, trash. <laughs> You're like, you got plenty of time. Just say no. Just yeah. say no. Don't make me feel sorry for you. What? <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I can't do do this thing. And then, and then I find out like I've had someone who was a casting director and they wanted to cast him for something and he they they were told by his people oh he's not doing any recordings for for anything else except this one show and i'm like wow what an ego on this guy wow wow <laughs> like, all right it's like hey we have this role we that we that we think you're good to to read for and his and, and his agency's like no 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 he's not recording for anything else except for this one show 
nothing nothing else just huh. this one show and i'm like oh, fucking hell <laughs> like well, the ego on this guy <laughs> yeah must be must be nice to do things like that yeah huh. <laughs> well yeah yeah so just just look at yeah you gotta let that shit go here here you are a part of the industry now and yeah and and, and and again, like I've, I've had, and I've had this happen again with someone where he's like, oh, I'm not booking anything right now. And then like, <laughs> and then I get like a, and then I see like his Twitter account. Cause I follow him on Twitter and um, someone else. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be doing this like live signing event. I'm like, dude, if you can, like, if you can do like a signing event for like two hours you can come on this show for like an hour or so. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Moving right along, you know. You've got <laughs> a lot of other fun people to talk to. So, oh, and, and I, I imagine doing what you do, it'd probably be no fun, like pulling teeth. You know, you don't like reluctantly drag someone on your show. You know, it's probably better that that you, you only attract people who are enthusiastic and and want to talk to you. Yeah, you know? and. um the funny thing is that um uh god uh, i've had people ghost me as well which i i'm like okay you know <laughs> wow. like you could have said no but like i i would like sit there i would have zoom opened up and i'm just like waiting for them to show up and like and they're gonna show up and then i send them emails i'm like are, are you showing up to this thing and i get no response and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just evil. That's not nice. Yeah, that's that's lame. I don't I don't understand why anyone ever does that to anyone. Um, how rude and yeah. selfish. Yeah. Yeah. That's strange. Anyway, anyway. Bad manners. Those are bad manners. <laughs> that's what those are. So so is this your first so when did you start doing this podcast? Oh, um I've been doing this like originally from two thousand twelve. But oh wow! So but, you've been at it for a while. But but like the original format was different. It was just me and my friend Tom. It was just the regular show where we would um, talk about uh, nerd news and stuff like that. And we would reach out to voice actors and we would interview them like once in a while. But but I, I was you know I was like young at the time. I was like completely. I, I was I was just of that mindset. It's like oh well you know. The voice actors, the voice interviews are fun, but I but I can't see myself um, doing doing that for for a full show. But then you know, 2018 came along. In 2018, I had like a, a terrible mental breakdown, and I just reached out to to this uh, big name voice actress, and and I was shocked that she not only came on, but you know, she actually did it, and we had like a like we had a, a a great a great episode and you know after that episode i'm like well if i could get this person on why can't i what's stopping me from reaching out to that person or this person or or so on and so on and, and i mean I, i'm not gonna lie it took me a while to take that leap of faith of, of like okay we're gonna just reboot the entire show it's gonna be an interview show from now on and and i knew that you were gonna t I, I knew that i was gonna get like a lot of rejections and I knew that not everyone was going to say yes, but I said, like, you know, just do it. You know, you have the technology, you know, you can mm -hmm. reach out to these people. And, you know, voice actors are always fun to talk to because they're chill and they don't take themselves seriously. And yeah, <laughs> is that true? I feel like I've seen a couple where I'm like, oh, I take yourself very seriously. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, well, and they should. I mean, you know, I think it's great that an actor takes sometimes I should probably take everything a bit more seriously but um 
yeah, I mean, I, I take that back. I, I, that's right. Well, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I mean there's earned, a difference. There's, you know, you earn that place, I guess. No, I mean, there's it's, a difference. It's not, be- it's not easy business. Like, there's a difference between taking yourself like seriously, you know, when you're working. And taking yourself seriously, like you know, you're 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 like pretending like you're this big name celebrity is like, oh, I, I'm I'm too big to talk to to, to this because I got like, oh god, I, I gotta mention this, but I got <laughs> like I reached out to some guy who's a prolific voice actor, um, who's been around for you know, legend in the business, has been around for years, and I got a, a response from the representative saying like, oh man, we get he gets asked to do a lot of um voice uh it gets asked to do a lot of interviews but we're gonna have to decline because your your podcast doesn't have this amount of followers and i'm like and he only talks to to people you who know, have, like, this I, I know of other um i know other actors and stuff that like never do interviews and stuff and that's just part of their and maybe it's smart you know i don't know i'm just not that savvy as you can tell i don't I don't really build my social media that much and I probably should and and all that kind of stuff. It's just not like my jam. And I'm so happy to talk to you and other people like you. I'm just so thrilled that anyone cares and I think it's fun and um, I like it, but I know a lot of other people um, decline interviews all the time and they just don't want to be out there too much. And it's a very strategic thing to only do podcasts that have a lot of, you know, um, have large followings that are actually helping move their career or helping them get fans or, and doing things like that. And, and I know that, um, management is sometimes like that. I've had my manager a couple of times be like, why are you doing these things? And I'm like, cause I like it. I like it. And he's like, don't be so, uh, don't be so open. He's like, I don't know that you should, he wants me to sound more like a, Big time, you know, I think someone asked me how I got that Life is Strange audition or how I got the job. Um, and I told them that I told them the truth. And he's like, yeah, that doesn't make you sound very. I was like, very what? It's it's who I am. You know, I was like, and it, and I let other people know that, like, you can achieve whatever you want. You know, I'm like, I'm talking to these kids that are all like, how do I get into voiceover? And I was like, pound the fucking pavement, look for things and just go and just make it happen. Like, I accidentally ended up in that game. And it was just some random breakdown from a casting agency that I work for all the time. But I just saw the breakdown. She seemed a little bit edgy. She seemed cool. I really just needed the job. You know, I just will always work. And I was like, oh, it's just a just a voiceover gig. I'll audition for it. Um, and then I got it. It wasn't even a ton of money and it was that game. And then I ended up getting nominated for a BAFTA and it ended up being this huge project. And it's like, he's like, what, you shouldn't say that, you know? And I was like, what did you want me to say? You want me to act like, well, uh, my manager, like, I don't know. Was I supposed to make up some story so that I seem really important in a way I was, I don't know. I I was like, I have enough self-esteem to just go ahead and tell them the truth. Um, and I think it's a great story. I think it's cool that like, you can just make it happen. I didn't wait around for someone else to like make that opportunity happen for me. I just, it was just an accident. It was just me putting one foot in front of the other. And that's how I ended up with this entire video game voiceover career, you know? Um, So I think people are very, they like to control how much of their uh, persona is out there. And I totally get that. I totally get that. And and so don't let it hurt your feelings because a lot of the time that's just what it is. They just don't, you can't, people are very weary, uh, leery of overexposure, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, I totally understand that. I'm, I'm just, I just find it funny because it's like, you know, I, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's part of the business, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you, there was like, 
God, I remember that period like during the early pandemic where everyone was doing like it seemed like every fucking celebrity had their own podcast because everyone figured out how Zoom worked and it's like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah. I have on. to say I did a lot of pot I did a lot of interviews during lockdown. Um and again I was happy to do them because there are people like you. You know, who are like, and the fans who are like, they need content. They want to talk to people. They want to, you know, I was like, this is just, why don't we just all like hang out? You know, it's like everyone's sort of suffering. Everyone's a bit alone. Everyone's literally isolated. Um, we're not going out and doing the things that we used to, to keep ourselves, you know, entertained. We don't not go to the conventions. You're not going to the things like, you know, I didn't really understand why people didn't want to do interviews, especially during that time. Cause I just felt like, well, let's just all stick together you know let's just all um be there for each other and i would and there'd be so many people especially on like the live chats and stuff so many people streaming in chatting 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 it's like almost every day i feel like i did a a chat with someone or a or a podcast or you know something and um i think it kept us all it kept us all alive and i like that because you got involved with the community you were you weren't like oh i'm not gonna talk to these fucking nerds you know (laughs) i love these nerds i love them so much i have to say but I mean, that's what I like about it. It's like, we should have this, like, you know, we should have like more people wanting to get involved and, you know, who, who are like, yeah, you know, you've done a lot of stuff. And that's why, like, I'm, man, I, I, like, again, I don't want to spoil it, but I just booked like a really major, like guest who was on like, a, this big sketch show on back in the nineties. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, it's only going to, that's all I'm going to say <laughs> because all right. uh, it's a big surprise. <laughs> it's going to be a big yeah. surprise. But, um, you know, I booked, you know, I, I just got a confirmation from that and I'm talking to someone else who, um, who, uh, a big name actress who I'm hoping to get on the show. And it's like, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I'm not, I, I like, I like people who are willing to give my show a chance and who never feel like they're too big to, to come on these types of shows. Like, it's like, Hey, you know, and you know what? Like if you're, I just don't understand. Like if you're not interested in your audience, like who are you performing for? Like, why are you creating these things? I, I don't know. That's how I feel. Like if I was just completely disconnected or I was too good for who the people who are essentially my audience, like, what am I doing? Like what joy am I getting out of, performing these things or being a part of these like painstaking processes. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't really understand that mentality, but you know, everyone's different. Um, but yeah, these are, this is the reason you have a project to work on, you know, is because there's a fan base and there are people that appreciate it. I, I don't really understand the distance people like to set up between the two, but again, everyone, everyone is their own. <laughs> everyone's their own unique snowflake <laughs> <laughs> um anyway um i just looked at the time and oh boy we've been chatting on for hours so so um and and i feel like i, I don't want to be like that guy who keeps you on longer than you, than you need to be on. so so uh before we get going uh can you give us um an update on what you're currently working on and where can people bother you online um, what's, um, I can't, is there anything I can talk about that I'm working on now? Um, 
Uh, no, but I, no, I'm not, I can't, I don't have anything that I can, that I can sort of freely talk about right now, but, um, you know, there's I've, a, a bunch of stuff is just sort of like come out. So you can kind of like go on IMDb and kind of like check out if there's any project that you want to, that's aired. I had just, I had a great little episode of NCIS LA come out, um, last week and that was really fun, but I can't talk about the other thing I'm working on. Um, but the world's coming back. I can tell you that I'm, I'm auditioning a lot for a lot of really cool projects, like all around the spectrum, like for film and TV and, um, and the mocap and the voice and stuff. So there's a lot of, so I think the world's coming back and the content will come back and people are starting to move around the globe again. So I think some of these, um, they're not gonna be so afraid to, uh, you know, pull the pin on, on some of these projects. So that's good news. Um, and I am, um, if anyone is still on Facebook, I really feel like I should take that page down. I, I just have it cause it's there, but I do have a, like Jolene Anderson model actress on, on Facebook, but I don't think anyone uses Facebook anymore. Um, and I'm just Jolene Anderson on Instagram. Um, Anderson is spelled with an S E N at the end. And I was just trying to figure out my Twitter handle, I think is Anderson Jolene. <laughs> Let me, I'm actually going to double check what my handle is. Um, yeah, it's at Anderson Jolene. It's a capital A and, and then N-D-E-R-S-E-N and then a capital J-O-L-E-N-E. Um, and I'm not really, I, I'm not too active on Twitter. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to use it. You know what I do is I just, I, 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 um, I'm one of those people that every time I post on Instagram, which obviously people will see, it's not too often, but um I just link it to my Facebook page and my Twitter and it doesn't seem to get a whole lot of response. I think I sent one tweet that said, Hey, just testing my Twitter account because I'd, I'd been like locked out of it when I got a new phone or whatever. And it looked like they, they like took down my page. And then I got all these people responding and I got all these people like it. I was like, is that how Twitter works? Like I have to actually <laughs> go to Twitter and tweet something separately i don't um but i do see what i do like cruise twitter so if, if, if like if there are people that want to reach out out there i do get messages and i do check i do follow a bunch of people and i do check people out there um but i'm still most comfortable with instagram and still not even very prolific but please please follow please go there you can dm me anytime i i do um chat with my fans and stuff and I don't have like a million followers, so people don't get lost or anything. I, I know who you are. So um, that's, that's that. Thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Oh, sure. Well, you can reach out anytime. All right. I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a joy. I love doing it. It's fun to talk to you. I'm glad we finally met up. <laughs> yeah. It worked so, out. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. You too. Bye.